turning your your Bibles tonight to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1, and we want to begin reading at verse 15. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me. But I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for each one who has come tonight. We thank you that we have before us the revelation from heaven. We pray that we need nothing else. We have your truth. We pray that you would teach us from your word tonight in a way that would cause us to examine ourselves, to see where we are in our life for you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight we want to continue our studies here in the book of Galatians. And we want to at least begin tonight to think a little bit about the timeline that Paul gives here. We've been talking about how Paul got saved. And what we saw in Acts chapter 9 is that Paul got saved when the Lord revealed Himself to him on the road to Damascus. When the Lord shined round about him a light from heaven. And the Lord revealed Himself to Paul. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And when Paul asked, Who art thou, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus. I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. This is how the Lord revealed himself to Paul. This is how Paul got saved. And this is how the Lord reveals himself to every man. He shines round about us a light from heaven. We mentioned 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 6 in an earlier message. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. This is the light that the Lord shines round about us as we travel on the road of our own will, the road of our own way. This is how He reveals Himself to us. He calls our name. He calls our name twice so that there is no mistaking who He is talking to. And the Lord identifies Himself to us as He did to Paul. I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And when we are obedient to the heavenly vision 
as Paul said he was in his testimony to Agrippa in Acts chapter 26 and verse 19. When we trust the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, then the Lord wants to do in our lives what He did in Paul's life. And it's like that because Paul is a pattern. He is a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on the Lord Jesus to everlasting life. And so as Matthew Henry points out, after the Lord revealed Himself to Paul for salvation, then as we see here in verse 16, He wants to reveal His Son in Paul. He wants to do the same thing in our lives. Verse 15, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace, that's salvation, the grace of God that bringeth salvation that appears to all men. And when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me, then I might preach Him among the heathen, Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. This is God's will for His children after we're saved. He wants to reveal His Son in us. The Lord wants us to be conformed to the image of His Son. And again, and I guess this is the, the, the verse, the summary verse that we could write over our recent messages here in Galatians. Paul is the pattern to them which hereafter believe on the Lord Jesus to everlasting life. The Lord wants to accomplish in our life exactly what He accomplished in Paul's life. He wants to reveal His Son in us. So how did the Lord accomplish Revealing His Son in Paul. Well, we see it there beginning in the last part of verse 16. Paul says, Immediately, I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me. Now, um, notice these next words. But I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem. Then, after three years. The implication of those words is that the way the Lord revealed His Son in Paul so that He could preach Christ among the heathen is that he took Paul into Arabia. The Lord took him into the desert. That's what the word Arabia means. He took Paul into the desert for three years so that Paul could be taught by the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what he says in verse 12. Now, that's not the way we would have done it, is it? We would have said, Paul, you need to confer with flesh and blood. You need to go up to Jerusalem. 
You need to go up there and you need to talk to James and Peter and John. These pillars of the faith. That might be our way. But it's not God's way. God's way is Arabia. God's way is the desert. God's way is to bring Paul apart unto himself so that he could teach him by the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is a pattern that we see all through the Word of God. Brother Jed is bringing some excellent messages on Wednesday night about Elijah. Elijah just comes on the scene. Where had he been? Well, he tells us. He'd been standing before the Lord. Where? We don't know. But doing what? I believe we do know. The Lord was teaching him by the revelation of Jesus Christ. We see it in the life of Moses. In Acts chapter 7 and verse 22, in Stephen's sermon... We read about how Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. The problem is the Lord could not use a man who was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. The Lord could not use a man who was mighty in words and in deeds. So what did the Lord do? He took Moses to the backside of the desert. The backside of the desert. And he took him there for 40 years to reveal his son in Moses, to teach him by the revelation of Jesus Christ, the I Am. The I Am. And what was the result of Moses coming apart unto the Lord to be taught by him on the backside of the desert. Remember what was said of Moses? Stephen said of Moses in Acts chapter 7, verse 22, he was mighty in words and in deeds. Well, after 40 years on the backside of the desert, 40 years being taught by the revelation of Jesus Christ, we read in Exodus chapter 4, beginning in verse 10, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent. Betty was eloquent in Egypt. Betty thought he was eloquent. Neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech. Where did Moses learn that he was not eloquent? Where did he learn that he was slow of speech? He learned it on the backside of the desert. He was taught that by the revelation of Jesus Christ. I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. That wasn't Moses in Egypt. There he was mighty in words. There, he didn't need the Lord. He had himself. But in the desert, he learned that the Lord made man's mouth. 
And he learned, the Lord told Moses there in the desert, I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. That's what Moses learned by the revelation of Jesus Christ. He learned it. Took him 40 years on the backside of the desert. Folks, there are things that we cannot learn by conferring with flesh and blood. Turn back for just a minute to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, and look at verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now listen to the answers that come from the disciples by conferring with flesh and blood. Verse 14. And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Four different answers. Four different answers that come by conferring with flesh and blood. Verse 15. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And notice verse 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Peter's answer here is the difference between conferring with flesh and blood and being taught by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now there's another verse that I believe demonstrates this very critical difference. And it's a, it, it's a critical difference the difference between conferring with flesh and blood and being taught by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Turn over, if you will, to the book of 1 John. 1 John. First John chapter 2. And we want to read verse 27. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, 
ye shall abide in him. Now, as we think about this verse, there is something that we need to consider first. And that is what this verse is not teaching. What this verse is not teaching. This verse is not teaching that we don't need to be taught by godly men. If it was, then why would the Lord command us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together in a meeting like this so that we could be exhorted from His Word and so much the more as we see the day approaching? If this verse is teaching us that we don't need to be taught then why does God say in 1 Corinthians 1.21 that it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe? If this verse is teaching us that we don't need to be taught by men, then why would the Lord define preaching for us back in the book of Nehemiah? Chapter 8 and verse 8, as reading in the book of the law of God distinctly and giving the sense and causing them to understand the reading. That's what preaching is, as men give out the Word of God. If this verse is teaching us that we don't need to be taught by man, then why did the Lord tell us in Ephesians 4 that He gave gifts unto men? And He gave these gifts, some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And why did He give these gifts? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. If this verse is teaching us that we don't need to be taught by man, then why would the Spirit of God have Paul tell Timothy and us? In 2 Timothy 2.2, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. If this verse is teaching us that we don't need to be taught by man, why would the Lord charge Timothy? Why would He charge us? In 2 Timothy 4 and verse 2, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ to preach the Word. Be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Now this verse is not saying that we don't need to be taught. I believe what it's pointing out is our tendency to depend upon man to teach us. What is pointing out is the need that we have to study this revelation from heaven on our own. To not rely on man, to not rely on the preacher or the teacher because it's his job. It's our job. But when we have that attitude, then we'll neglect the anointing which we have received of him. The anointing which abideth in you 
That anointing is the comforter. The spirit of Jesus Christ. The spirit of truth who teacheth you of all things and is truth. John learned this directly from the Lord Jesus Christ. In John chapter 14 and verse 16, he heard the Lord Jesus say, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, even the spirit of truth. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. That's the anointing that every believer has received. John 16 and verse 13, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the believer. And therefore, each believer is commanded by God to study, to study, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The Lord wants to do for us exactly what He did for the Apostle Paul. He wants to take us into Arabia. He wants to take us and He wants to bring us apart unto Himself and teach us by the revelation of Jesus Christ so that our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. This is what 1 John 2.27 is teaching us. This is what Paul is teaching us in his testimony of the Lord's dealings with him in Galatians chapter, Galatians chapter 1. And this very thing, this very thing, conferring with flesh and blood, going up to those who were saved before us, as good as that sounds, substituting dependency on man to teach us, substituting that for dependency on the anointing which ye have received of Him to teach us, for being taught by the revelation of Jesus Christ. And this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. This book that we hold in our hands, doing that, Conferring instead, doing that, or rather not doing that, but conferring with flesh and blood, substituting dependency on man to teach us, for dependency on the anointing which ye have received of him to teach us. Doing that is a form of humanism, it's substituting man for God. And it is the Achilles heel of the majority of God's people in this hour. It's why so many believers are children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, the slight of men, and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. It's why the majority of believers have to be fed with milk 
and not with meat because they're carnal. It's why the majority of believers, when for the time they ought to be teachers, they have need that one teach them again what be the first principles of the oracles of God. God's plan is that after He reveals Himself to us and we trust Him as our Savior, then He wants to reveal His Son in us. And He does that the same way that He did in the life of the Apostle Paul. He wants to bring us into Arabia. He wants to bring us apart unto Himself so that He can teach us by the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is why Paul could say, listen to his language, for I know, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded, no, persuaded, that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. This is why Paul, listen to these words, from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I believe it's verse 58, or it's in that neighborhood, where he tells us, and he was telling us, and this was his condition. Remember, he said, Be ye followers of me as I also am of Christ. This is why Paul was steadfast, unmovable. How do you get into that condition? How do you know? How are you persuaded? How are you steadfast and unmovable in the Christian life to where no man can move you? You get it by going to Arabia, by allowing the Lord to take us apart and teach us by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul was steadfast, unmovable, always abounding, in the work of the Lord. This is why he said in Philippians chapter 3, uh, if you want to turn over there, you can. Philippians chapter 3. This is why he said, beginning in verse 7, but what things... Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Where you learn that? You learn it in Arabia. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in Him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know Him. Paul's been saved all these years, and yet what is this desire? That I may know Him. How do you get to know Him? There's an there's a old song we used to sing when I was growing up. Into the heart of Jesus, deeper and deeper I go, seeking to know the reason why He should love me so, why He should stoop to lift me up from the miry clay, saving my soul, making me whole, though I had wandered away. 
where do you, how do you go into the heart of Jesus? You go into it, his heart in Arabia. In Arabia. This place where he calls us apart to teach us by the revelation of himself. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his sufferings. Being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I'd already attained. Either already perfect. But I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. And reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, the importance of these words in Galatians chapter 1. These words there in verse 15. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia. Look at verse 11, but I certify, and this is where he learned it, this is why he went into Arabia. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached to me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is what happened in the life of the Apostle Paul. And he's the pattern. That's what God said. 1 Timothy 1.16, How be it for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Do we have an Arabia in our life? Do we have a desert place? A place where we can come apart with the Lord to be taught by the anointing which we have received of him, the revelation of Jesus Christ? Or are we conferring? Are we depending on flesh and blood? Is our faith standing in the wisdom of men or in the power of God? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for a few moments to think about these things tonight. Thank you for the life of the Apostle Paul and the endless lessons that you want to teach us from this man's life. He's not some unique, one-time individual. What you're teaching us is that you want us to be like Him. And you have provided the means for us to do that. Coming apart with you. To be taught by revelation from yourself. Revelation from this revelation by the anointing that we have received from you 
so that we can know, so that we can be persuaded, so that we can be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We pray that that would be the desire of our hearts, that it might be the reality in our lives. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.